Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the word. I feel the Lord would have for us tonight. Thomas A. Kinsey, a pastor in Salem, New Hampshire, tells about a birthday card he sent his dad. It was his 75th birthday. Kinsey was looking for the perfect card. Standing there in the card shop, his eyes kept going back to one card, the one that had a drawing of two boats tied to a dock in what appeared to be a New England town. Although Kinsey lives in New England, his parents lived in the hills of West Virginia. His parents had never owned a boat or ever shown any interest in boating, and his dad had a childhood experience that caused him to fear the water. He had never learned how to swim, but Kinsey continued to look at this card, and there was something about the card. Kinsey described his father as a very simple man. He believes in simplicity. His style was uncomplicated. But as Kinsey continued to look at the card, he noticed that one boat was a sailboat and the other boat was a rowboat. He just wondered that if his father had to make a choice of which boat, Brother Edwin, to cross, the large body of water in the background, which would he choose? Kinsey bought the card just out of pure curiosity and in a note to his dad shared the thoughts that he had. Then he asked his father this simple question. If your simple style of living and with your ability to decide things that make most sense, which boat would you choose? Several weeks later, he received a response from his father. And it would go like this. I noticed the rowboat had no engine. But the sailboat had a sail. My question before making a decision, is there any wind? The question I want to ask tonight before this great audience on this first family Wednesday, and I'll use it as my title, is there any wind? Every church, every Pentecostal believer must make the daring decision. Do I spend 2021 and my valuable time and physical energy rowing away with our paddles? Depending on our own human creativity and intellect. Hoping for a perfect program or should we as the apostolic apostolic church consider raising the sail and catching a mighty rushing wind of the Spirit? 
I refuse to go into 2021 relying on man-made programs, relying on what I can do in my own flesh. But I say to us tonight, on this Wednesday, it's time that we let up the sail and say, you know what? We can't have church unless there's a fresh wind. There's a fresh move of the Holy Ghost. This church will be nothing but a vacant building if we do not have a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. We better have a wind moving in every single service that we have. I don't know if you remember, some of you do, some of you are too young, but I was reminded today as I began to study, how many remember the Tylenol crisis? It occurred in 1982 when seven people in Chicago died after ingesting extra-strength Tylenol capsules. Those capsules had been laced with potassium cyanide poison. How many remember that? This incident was the first known case of death caused by deliberate product tampering. The perpetrator was never caught, but the incident led to reforms in the packaging of over-the-counter substances. Also to federal anti-tampering laws. Johnson & Johnson, the parent company of McNeil, distributed warnings to hospitals and other distributors and halted Tylenol production and advertisement. Tylenol went from 35% of the market share to 8% of the market share. Today, when you purchase a bottle of Tylenol, you know to leave the contents alone if the seal has been tampered with. If you open a bottle and it's been opened and, you know, somebody's been tampering with this. The don't tamper with the seal, what it means and guarantees is the contents are original. Nobody has messed with what's inside that bottle. What come from the factory was sealed and sent out for consumption. But today, we have seen a drift toward a Pentecostal form, but a denial of the power thereof. The word says, from such, turn away. But this should come not to a surprise to any of us. For Timothy gave us the warning in 2 Timothy 3, 5. For having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. From the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Until Acts chapter 19, some have tampered with the seal. Why? How can you say that? Because Paul in Acts 19 verse 2 said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? The disciples of John said, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. But when you go back to Matthew and you read it, Matthew 3, John said of Jesus, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When I read that this afternoon, it come to my spirit. Somebody dropped the ball. Somebody tampered with the seal. Somebody messed with the contents. Somebody failed to 
tell the next generation that the Holy Ghost was coming. There would be an experience that you could receive and it was the Holy Ghost and fire. I've come to tell this great church, this church, we cannot and will not afford to have one generation pass without knowing you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. I refuse to let these first two rows and these rows over here and these rows in the back ever wake up and say, we don't even know whether there be a Holy Ghost. We can't ever graduate to the point that we lose our zeal of preaching the Holy Ghost as a necessity, not as some added gift, not some option. But you must be born again. You must be born again of the water and the spirit. You must experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus in water. Not some sprinkling. Not a little dab of do you. But I'm talking about a genuine Holy Ghost experience that when you go down, you go down one way. But when you come up, you come up another way. Because you know you've been with Jesus and a wind has come in and changed your life. The church must never lose the power of the Holy Ghost in fire. The church must never lose our running. I said the church better never lose our spirit of worship. Our church better not lose being called holy rollers. If we do, the seal's been tampered with. But there better be a continuation of apostolic truth and what it took to get us this far. It's what it's going to take to get us to the great by and by. We cannot tamper with the seal, church. This guarantees that the contents that we're passing to the next generation are original. I know this is the first Sunday or the first Wednesday of this new year, but I just need to say it. And I just need to set the record straight. This church is still a one God, tongue talking, Holy Ghost, separation from the world, preaching and declaring church. And I thank God I'm a part of His church. Somebody ought to shout amen about right now. We're not trying to match what other churches are doing. We're not trying to be like somebody else. We're trying to be after the apostles' doctrine. And what they did on the book of Acts is what we're trying to do in 2022 at the Sanctuary Community Church. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't mess with the contents. Don't mess with the contents. This is the age of casual commitment. 
This is the age of recreational worship. This is the age of partial purity. This is the age of convenient Christianity. This is the age of entertaining preaching. This is an age of pray for me prayer meeting. This is an age of sing it unto me, my song. Instead, we need to sing unto the Lord a new song. We need to have prayer meetings around here till the fire falls like it did on the altar that consumed the sacrifice. Our little patty cake lay me down to sleep prayers ain't going to get us a fresh wind from glory in 2022. But there's got to be an awakening of the body of Christ that says, you know what? I'm willing to fast. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to give until there's a wind. I feel the effects of our fasting even in this service. I feel the effects of it. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We too often expect so very little out of God in our prayers. Why not on this first Wednesday as we're, we have kicked off this new year with a bang? Why not when you open your mouth in prayer, you start believing God for the miraculous on a consistent basis? When you open up your mouth in prayer, you expect God to do great things. When you pray that you will hear a sound from heaven like a mighty wind. And when we do, I believe there will be a manifestation that can be seen. Tongues of fire setting or resting on each of us. The most important question must always be, is there any wind blowing? There are too many churches along Highway 36 that the wind used to blow in. There are too many places that the wind used to blow. There used to be a witness of apostolic holiness. There used to be a witness of apostolic manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. The laying on of hands, prayer meetings, and believing God could do anything but fail. But we're living in an hour. We're living in a day where churches have tried to be cool. And in the process, they've cooled the flame of revival in their church to all it is now is a faint memory of what used to be. I don't need to remind you, but I will. Did you know the Baptists used to be tongue talkers? Did you, did you know the Methodists were tongue talkers? Did you know the Presbyterian were tongue talkers? Did you know all three that I just mentioned were holiness people under the Lord? There was no really no differentiation in denominations and religions because they all believed in the power of God and the Holy Ghost. 
We're one of the few, and I'm not inflating or in a spirit of haughty or pride, but we're one of the few that are still holding on to believing that God's still pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. That's why it takes this church, it takes every one of us uh, to get on board and guard the flame of fire that's been burning in this city now for almost 53 years. God sent a man and a woman here almost 53 years ago to plant a church. God sent a man and a woman here to be a beacon of light and hope. And here we are 53 53 years later still declaring that Pentecost is still real. Pentecost is not simply the anniversary of an ancient event. It is still a vital experience that still fills hungry hearts. That same quickening and interjected, that interjected power that fell on the first century church is still falling today. Don't for one moment forget the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church. Everybody say this church. This church is bigger than a building. It's bigger than an address. But let me just tell you, this church has and will stand the test of time. This church has rocked empires. It has outlived tyrants and kings that have risen against it. She has persevered in the face of persecution and oppositions. I need to tell someone tonight, hungry lions could not devour her. Jail doors could not confine her. Mockers did not discourage her. And the church is here to stay. Sister Bell, the church is here to stay. Sister Martha, the church is here to stay. Yes, there's going to be fair weather friends that come and go. Yes, there'll be those that depart the church. They did that in the first century. Their own wants and wills, their own distractions allured them away from what was delivered unto them. What I see when I read the stories, when I read those that have walked away from truth, they got their pleasure in paddling for a while. They got their pleasure paddling for a while. But they became deceived. And void of the power of the Holy Ghost and fire. We cannot get satisfied with paddling. We cannot get satisfied with good church. I said we can't get satisfied with good church. Well, we had good church. No, no, we can't get satisfied with that. When we get satisfied with good church, we'll become lukewarm. We'll become like the church of Laodicea. We won't, be, we won't be hot or cold. We'll be lukewarm and be spewed out of the mouth. I come to you this evening with a burden and a passion and together gripped. Let me remind you that only a handful of people on the day of Pentecost, only a handful that were invited went to the upper room. They say about 500 people were invited. 500 people hear Jesus give the command, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power. But only 120 made the journey. 
Only 120 made it. There was 120 that refused to paddle one more day. There was 120 that said, we better start praying. There was 120 prayed for a rushing mighty wind that would fill the house where they were sitting. And what they did then is equally as possible today. What they did can still be done today. We just need a little prayer. And Brother Jeff, tell me we need a little wind. The devil does not care how many times you come to church. I think I need to say that again. The devil doesn't care how many times you come to church or how good you are with your paddles of praise and performance. Just as long as there's no anointing and no fire. Just as long as there's no rushing mighty wind. Just as long as there's no quaking or moving or shaking that would fill the house where we are sitting. I say it's time out for the paddles of performance and praise. Oh, but what could be said of the sanctuary on this Wednesday night is if we threw the paddles of performance and praise away and say, you know what? God, I may not can sing like others. I may not can worship like others. I may not can preach like somebody else. But if you'll anoint me, I will worship you from the depths of my... I'll be who I've been called to be. A city set on a hill. A light that cannot be hid. A testimony that cannot be stopped or tampered with. Whoa. Whoa. I don't have the worship that Sister Bale has. But I know when she starts worshiping. It'll come out of nowhere. When I see Sister Martha Dodd come around this front. And, woo! It'll send a chill. Them Holy Ghost doodads that stand on top of one another that go down your backbone. When I see a Paul Graham take off running and rolling around this church. When I see a Carla Brantley take off running around this church. When I see people, when I see a Jonathan Sparks take a microphone Sunday and begin to pour his heart out for the goodness of God. You can't learn that in no book. I said you can't learn that in Bible school. I hate to tell you. You can't learn that in a school of theology. Where you get that is when you get on your face before God. And when nobody's around, you're shedding tears. You're going through hell and back. Trying to fight every devil that you could fight to try to make it to church. And when you get here, all you've got is pure worship. When sickness rattles your body, when pain has wrecked your soul, and you still got to worship, you still got to praise when you had to walk through what you've walked through this week. When God puts you in this house of worship, there's a praise, and you got to let it out. Catch your third wind. You may be seated. I'm almost done. Musicians, you can come on up. Jesus literally scalded the Pharisees. 
He told them that they were nothing but a bunch of whitewashed graves. Dirty cups, den of vipers, and a few other things. And the Holy Ghost wrecked me on this this morning. They had structure. They had self-righteousness. They had their laws and rules. But they had no passion in their actions. They had no passion for a rushing mighty wind. They had no passion for a cloven tongues as a fire. They had no passion. Go to Jerusalem. Why am I going to go to Jerusalem? Why am I going to go to the upper room? Well, because he said so. Why am I going to wait for the promise of the Father? Because he said so. And I could not help but think. We have worked almost 13 years. And God has given us a dynamic church in this city. One to be reckoned with by hell. Hell can't figure us out because we're constant. Where's the wind blowing? Where's the wind blowing? What, what's the wind doing? What's going on? It gets too dry and it gets too quiet. Where, where, where's the wind at? And I read this. I didn't give this to the media department. Sister Lindsay, Brother Wesley, please forgive me. You don't even have to put it on. But here's what I feel is going to happen. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Pharaoh's army behind him. I said Pharaoh's army behind him, Sister Mendoza. All they saw was a sea in front of them. I want you to read. And the the Lord caused the sea to go back. Why? By a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. What Moses could not do by himself, what Moses could not do with his own creativity, with his own ability, a man that led close to three million people, Could not part the waters. Could not escape Pharaoh's grip in and of himself. But what he did and what I feel is going to happen in this room. Moses used all he had was a rod. He stretched out his hand over the sea. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know if he stomped his feet. I don't know if he got out there in frustration and said, God, what are you going to do? All I know is he listened to the voice of God and when he stretched forth his hand over the sea, God sent an east wind. And what it did next was it provided a pathway for those children of Israel to go on dry ground. But what happened next was clearly miraculous. When they got the last the last hoof of the last beast and the last heel of the last human got across on dry ground. The same wind that parted the waters receded. And the waters come back together that were divided. And it destroyed the very enemy 
that had chased them, Brother Zach. It chased them to the point where they all they needed was a win. And I feel like in the Holy Ghost telling somebody right now, your back's against the wall and I'm asking you, is there any wind? And you don't know. But the wind, it's what's going to make the way out of nowhere. The wind is what's going to create a path to victory. But the same wind that creates the path for victory is also going to make a way for the very enemy that sought to destroy you to be destroyed. How's it going to happen, Pastor? I don't know. But have you prayed for a wind? Have you prayed for a move of God? Have you asked God in this, in this fast? As you stand to your feet right now, are you going to continue to paddle? Or are you going to pray? Are you going to seek God and say, God, I'll wait for the wind to keep blowing. I'll wait for my wind to show up because when my wind shows up, my victory has come. Is there, any, is there any wind? Pastor, I don't feel nothing. I can tell you the key. Call me crazy. That's okay. I've been called worse. But when you step out of your seat and you come to this front, the key to Moses getting a summons from the Lord to send the east wind was he had to lift his hand. I believe with every fiber in me is when you lift your hands and you come to this front, there's going to be a wind that's going to come into your circumstances. It's going to come into your life. It's going to come into your health. Brother Jones, I want you to come stand right up here. I want to anoint you, Brother Eddie Jones. I believe a wind is about to go in into the room where Sister Jones is sitting or laying right now. There's a wind about to flow into that room right now. There are some of you right now. That's it. Y'all, y'all put, make room for those that are coming to the front. Make room for those that are trying to come to the front right now. I believe there's some women that will agree with me in faith. I'm anointing a prayer cloth and I'm anointing this elder right now. Lord, this elder has stretched forth his hands. Sister Jones, if you're watching this webcast, I want you to stretch your hands toward the screen that you're watching. There's an anointing and a wind about to flow into your room right now. There's virtue about to flow. Tonight we'll mark the beginning of a miraculous turnaround in your health. There will be a miracle in Jesus' name. Yes! Yes, God. Yes, God. That's it, church. They're about to start singing. There are needs all over this house. You're about to experience a wind.